Hello everyone and welcome to the latest podcast brought to you by Trusted Tech Talks. My name's Manny and I'm one of the hosts. I'm also the director of Maxwell Bond, who are a specialist recruiter into the tech and digital sector. I'm very excited today's topic and even more so by today's speaker, who I can't wait to introduce. I've been in the industry for 16, almost 17 years, um, which makes me quite a bit of a dinosaur when it comes to recruiters. Um, I've recruited into the recruitment sector and there's always been a skill shortage, no matter where I've worked. However, right now, in the tech industry especially, I've never seen it so bad. Everyone is hiring and there just isn't enough talent. So companies are looking to how they can hire, and I personally think they're missing an opportunity to bring in people from other sectors who are keen to enter the tech world. With that in mind, I want to introduce someone who has done just that. So welcome Vary Davidson from Nimble Approach. How are you? Hi, I'm great, Manny, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, I'm good. Um, do you want to tell our listeners sort of what you do and who you are currently working for? Absolutely. So yeah, my name is Vary Davidson. I am an Agile Delivery Lead at Nimble Approach. We are a tech consultancy headquartered in Sheffield, but with offices in Manchester and Leeds. I've been working in delivery, tech and Agile now for almost four years. I've worked with some of the best people in the scene and on some pretty cool projects. So thank you for having me. Oh no, my pleasure. Um, that's I, I was so excited and obviously Vary, we've got quite similarities. A long time ago, we worked for the same business before, um, but that's for another podcast, maybe. <laughs> um, but um, the one thing, the one thing, reason why I was really excited to get you on board and getting this podcast done is you don't have the typical background for someone who has excelled as quick and as well as if you as you have done. In my opinion, in such a short space of time. Um, so it'd be really good to start off if you could talk me through your journey prior to entering this tech digital world. Absolutely. And thank you. That's really kind of you to say. <laughs> um, prior to, to moving into to tech and digital, um, I guess I'll start at the beginning. I, I actually completed a degree in history and I didn't know what, what I wanted to do afterwards. That was 10 years ago. It makes me sad to say. Um, <laughs> I did know at university I had three jobs at a time I earned a lot of money and I wanted to carry on doing that and so the partner that I had then suggested that I tried recruitment so I did and <laughs> um, I ended up working for one of the world's largest uh, recruitment companies S3 um, worked in the oil and gas markets and after that company moved on to looking at social housing and, and sports nutrition markets as well so, yeah, way back when I started in a, in, in a recruitment and sales space um, rather than, than tech or project management. After about, I guess, five years, um, I decided that it wasn't for me. Um, I'd been a decent biller, never, never top, top biller, but always did quite well. Um, I was well known for good engagements and relationships and good processes, but I didn't want to constantly be at the coalface when I knew that I could be more involved with strategic growth, growing offices, growing different revenue streams, and I guess operationally growing businesses. Um, so I, I moved out of recruitment and went to, I ended up going to work for my dad in construction, actually, which was, uh, yeah, one of 
one of the three male-dominated industries that I've been involved with in my career. Um, sadly, the, the, after about a year and a half, the construction company didn't work out. Um, and so I moved back into, into sales with a tech company in Manchester, um, selling memberships to a network. And that was to non-executive directors and consultants. And I absolutely loved that. I loved speaking to all these people who, uh, some of them were famous, some of them were, ex, you know, excelled in business, in politics, in sport. Um, it was phenomenal. Um, and it did quite well in, in, in the sales side there. I was promoted in six months to a team leader position. And three months after that, the CEO approached me. And because of the experience I'd had in growing teams and the resilience that I had, um, and, and I guess, again, because of the, the, the hard work that I demonstrated there, they asked me to grow their internal people division as, as head of people. Um, so I did, I did that for a while, uh, probably about eight months, uh, nine months. I'd, I'd hired a few more recruiters. And, and once I'd put them in place and I knew that they were in a good position, I approached the CEO again. Um, I'd sort of got to the top of that. And. You know, I didn't want to sit there managing KPIs necessarily moving forward. I knew that more than anything, if I sat on top as a, as a head of something, that I'd be more of a cost to a business. And there was so much more for me to learn. Yeah. So after a few different ideas, he um, allowed me to uh, go into the development team there uh, as their project manager. And that was my, yeah, that was my introduction into, into development and agile and tech, really. That's, that is an unbelievable journey. Uh, it's a very odd one, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> quite unorthodox, I think. Um, and and I think that's a bigger change because when you coming from that sales background and you're probably earning uh, decent types of OTE, and then I don't know if the resilience was formed from you working in a sales environment or from having to work with your dad for a year. I don't know how. <laughs> Unless it's just me and my dad, we won't be able to work with each other for a year. I'm sure my dad would have uh, yeah, some things to say about it as well, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, and then I, I, I don't want to answer this. I'll, I'll ask this question instead of thinking, actually, I'll ask you another question that, um, beforehand. But how, how did you feel going into as a project manager to a, to a dev team? Because that, even experienced developers that are development managers that go into a dev environment find it challenging but to to come from that background to be a pm for for a dev team like how did you even sort of process that or, or make that transition um not <laughs> i think i can either be quite foolhardy or perhaps naive sometimes and so when i made that transition it really wasn't too much of a, a thought to me um, I think that anybody that hasn't worked with developers or even an IT department, you know, truly um, and partnered with them before, maybe thinks that they're introvert, quite niche, quite cliquey. And I just didn't have any of those expectations. Um, I'm, I'm also someone who's never really suffered with imposter syndrome. I always think that I'm, I am where I should be. <laughs> and if you right. give me a job, I'll do it and I'll do it well because I'm going to prove to you that I can do it. And so when I moved over... Because I was still in the same company and we were only maybe about 90 people at that point in the company, we knew everybody. I did feel like I had the support of the leadership team to go and do it. Um, I knew that I wasn't leaving, you know, a department. It was an open floor that we had. Um, 
so I didn't really feel like I was you know leaving anything behind and I walked into it as I would anything um, just with the utmost confidence that I would succeed, which looking back on it, I could have maybe reined that in a, in a bit um, in my approach. But ultimately, you know, attitude wise, you know, nothing's a problem. If you set your mind to something, you can do it. That's the way I've approached everything. And work wise, delivering something is delivering something. Um I think people have said to me in, in interviews previously, or oh, you, you don't seem to have much delivery experience. And I think when, you know, when you were talking about the skill shortage before, it's very easy to forget that sales and recruitment is delivery. You're sitting there, you're managing a desk, you're project managing that. If you don't deliver in sales, you lose your job. <laughs> and yeah. so to me, if I didn't go in there and prove myself and hit the ground running and take this attitude that I needed to do it, then of course I'd fail, but I'd never failed at anything before. So why would I fail now? So, yeah, I don't know, as I say, I don't know whether that's sort of courage or foolhardiness, but that's that's the way I approached it and that's the way I approach everything. No, I I, I love that answer. Um, the similarities, again, because some sometimes people are just so set in, I don't want somebody from, like, even in the tech and digital industry, it's like people are saying, I don't want people from certain sectors. Yeah. Even if it's a developer, let's say, for instance, for say. No, that sector wouldn't work well with ours. Like, wouldn't it be easier to get that skill set and upskilling them and get them to work in your type of culture? And and you 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 didn't even do that. You came from completely left field and entered. And obviously, you've you've been a huge success so far. But th- that's the whole point of this podcast is wanting to people to open their minds a little bit to what getting the right culture, getting the right attitude, and we can teach them some of the technical stuff. Um, but it, it's it's just I don't even think it's long term because I think within six to twelve months somebody could get up and running versus you know if people are thinking that's too long term we need someone instant then then they're probably not a long term thinker in that business sense. Um, but, but but leading on, what was the biggest challenge you faced entering the the tech digital world? Um, I, I think there was a couple. Of, of main ones, main challenges that I faced. The first one was the lack of understanding and knowledge of what a development team was, how they ran, who was involved in it, what methodologies they used. I knew none of that when I walked in. I knew that I was going to be a project manager and I'd just have to pick it up on the job, um, which, by the way, to anybody listening, is a great way to see how people sink or swim <laughs> in a new role if they've got transferable skill sets. Um, But my lack of understanding, um, whilst I knew that I could work on it, was absolutely prevalent and perpetuated by some of the team that I went into. As you said, they, you know, throwing somebody in from a left field, from, you know, a a sales environment, especially where salespeople have got this reputation about them. uh, It it was demonstrated and uh, I don't think they took well to me coming in, not necessarily knowing that. Um, in the end, I, I, I put some pressure on the on the company to put me through a scrum course um, to, to just to be able to talk the same language. It's as simple as changing something from a kickoff meeting to a backlog refinement meeting. You know, those sorts of things or um, a kickoff meeting to a three amigos. Those small changes make a real, real difference in the people that you're speaking to. And so I knew that I had to integrate. I knew that I had to change my ways. And I guess that sort of self-reflection there did did help. 
Um, but absolutely, that was one of the most um, challenging things that I had to do was to win over the team that I was working with, to let them know that I was there, I was on their side. I was there to do the best thing for them. I wanted to empower them. And um, in the end, I actually became the development team manager. And so to, to have to man manage people that you don't have the skill set in yourself to be able to develop them is super difficult. Yeah. And so, yeah, really trying to, to align with them um, in what they're doing on a day-to-day basis, but also where they want to go. Um, so for that company, I ended up really, it wasn't just sort of project management and delivery. It was, you know, I was their, in effect, BA and their PO as well. So getting to know the product really helped and understanding what users wanted really helped. So that was the first big challenge, I'd say. The second is that <laughs> I am a very outgoing extroverted person try to be happy as much as possible enthusiastic I'm confident that doesn't necessarily fit well with a traditionally male-dominated introverted environment and sometimes I'm not taken seriously or I'm not listened to or excluded or put down or emasculated in front of others and the challenge that I have is to try and get people on side that I already feel should be on side and that was a real a real it sort of links to the first challenge but yeah being being a female being the person that I am the attitude that I have the behaviors that I um that I have was really really tough to try and tailor that you you know not getting rid of my qualities but certainly trying to uh, again align myself with the, the industry that I was working in that was also a huge challenge that sounds that sounds like a huge challenge <laughs> Out of interest, do you feel, is that still a challenge you, you feel like you face now? Or, or do you feel like getting, that was just because you were first entering that market and it was building credibility at the same time? I think that, well, I'll put it this way. When I joined Nimble, I joined this company of supportive, egoless, like-minded individuals. And I have never... I have never been at a company, and if my dad listens to this, sorry, dad, but I've never been at a company that has supported me so much in not only what I want to achieve personally, but backed up and taken my word for everything that I am doing. And so in that sense, I am in the best place for me, 100%. And I think that was a challenge for myself personally in the past. If you move on to something a little bit wider and explore that in the industry, I do still think that there is a problem. And that's not just necessarily in tech. I think that we're in a world at the moment that's really polarised and we know that there needs to be much more done with equality, diversity, inclusion, um, and breaking down barriers um, across across everything so I think there is something there to to tackle and I think everybody knows that but um you know at this moment in time in the company that I am no I I feel incredibly supported that's really good to hear um in terms of your journey Barry it's obviously unique it's special um there's there's going to be people listening right now because during COVID it also made a lot of people reflect on maybe what they were doing in their life and thinking, am I in something that I'm really enjoying? Is there something else out there? If there was somebody listening now who, who wanted to start that journey and, and maybe was five, 10 years in another sector, not too dissimilar from yourself, 
what advice would you have for anyone starting that journey now to go, I want to change. I want to, I, I see what's happening in the tech and digital world. I want to be part of that journey. What, what one piece of advice would you, would you give them? Take courage. Um, if you have courage and you move into something, the confidence will follow. It all starts with taking that first step. Life is short and life is hard enough as it is. And it's made even harder if you're not doing something that you want to do or you've been put in, you know, the awful position with uh, the pandemic and you've lost your job or you've been furloughed and you can see other industries that are thriving. Just have the courage to, to believe in yourself and, and the skill sets that you have and, and what you can show. I think there's a lot of people, and I was one of them, um, that would think, oh, I'd like to get into tech or I'd like to do project management or I want to think about development. And I don't necessarily think they can do it, let alone actually go and then do something about it because it's scary. You might be changing your life. You're changing the people that you work with. You're changing the environment that you're in. You're, you know, you're, you're turning your world upside down sometimes. Um, and whilst that didn't happen to me, I know people that that's happened to. Um, but, but to me, it's the best thing that I've ever done. And I remember working um, in the oil and gas market, I'm talking, yeah, eight years ago now, um, and talking to project managers for subsea manufacturing companies. And I was thinking, I could do this. They're telling me about their CV. They're telling me about their skill sets. Why are they getting paid for so much for what they do? It sounds really obvious. <laughs> and thinking, you know, why, why I could do that. And then... I, I did go to look into what I would need to be a project manager. I looked at the qualifications and I talked myself out of it at the time because it felt like the barrier to entry was far too high. And that yeah. wasn't even just in tech. That was just switching the role from what I had to, from, you know, recruitment to project management. So, you know, even, even I stopped myself there. And I feel like in the transition for myself when it happened a few years ago, I did luck out. You know, it, there's not a lot of people that can turn around and say that their CEO was personally supportive of somebody changing their careers inside a company. And I think that's something that we have to look at, you know, in, in the industry anyways. You know, we talk about transferable skill sets, but what does that actually mean? What do we mean as transferable? Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, again, like I said earlier, I don't necessarily get imposter syndrome either, um, which which a lot of people suffer with. It's not gender specific. It's not, you know, um, culturally specific. I, I am just a naturally confident person. And I think that if you have the courage and you can go out there and you know that you can make that change, or you, even you just want to just put in, making the first step is the most important part because the confidence will follow. Um, one of my friends, one of my very best friends, actually, has completely changed her career from working in merchandising for a very well-known fashion brand to becoming a full-stack developer through <laughs> an apprenticeship. And the transition for her was similarly really scary. She moved cities. She took an immense pay cut. But now she's living somewhere that she loves. She's living with a person that she loves. She's in an industry that's thriving. And the thing that she had to do was sit and say, where is my job going? And she knew that it was going to get taken away. So, you know, just having that, yeah, again, courage to make the first step and make the first move. You can do anything that you want to be. Um, and I guess finally, find people that believe in you, not just in your personal life. Find people and companies 
that believe in you. If you've got a mentor in your business or even in another business that you know of, at my last company, I, <laughs> I, I went out of my way to try and get the COO of a large company to be my mentor and he agreed um find people that that really want to support you and develop you and believe in you so that you can make these steps and that you can make these moves and it doesn't have to be a massive jump all at once it can be small things it can be attitude things it can be behavior things small managerial things just having a look at different perspectives um yeah it's um Courage and support, I would say, are the main things that really helped me. I, 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 love, I love that answer. I also love that you, uh, you, you you sourced out the COO to be your mentor <laughs> as well. Because it's you don't, so, you don't get. 100%. One, one of the things I, I, I was going to ask uh, from that, and it probably links on from what you're saying there about um, asking the COO to be your mentor. I bet there were people saying, you can't ask that person. And that links back to the question I want to ask you, but when you were going to make that change in that entry, how many people were actually trying to dissuade you and say, no, don't do it, you're crazy or, or whatever? Did, did you have anybody that was trying to discourage you from going down that path? Do you know what? I don't remember. <laughs> this, again, this might sound really cocky, but when it comes to my own career, I have always trusted my own gut and I don't necessarily god this sounds really this sounds awful but I don't necessarily ask too many people what they think I should do or what they think because if it's right for me I'll know and I'll know in my gut you know very well when something's not right for you and I'll always say when it comes to to, to management experience for example I have learned more about how to not how to sorry how to not be a good manager than I've learned about how to be a good manager from other people and so taking those negative experiences and taking them in myself and turning them into good ones for other people that I manage that's how I would learn I don't necessarily go and ask other people and yeah it's um I feel like that does sound very very cocky but no no really it, remember it, it doesn't at all very like um I for me personally I, I changed roles in the middle of the pandemic and I was with a business at the time that said my position was 100% safe. But then when the opportunity came to join Maxwell Bond, I knew it was right. Yeah. It was a smaller business at the time. It's not anymore. Um, it, it had less turnover, less GP. And it was it was like, are you crazy moving? You've just been told your job's <laughs> safe. And I only actually told one person. And then for everybody else, I just said, I've, I've changed jobs. I've accepted something. Because similar to yourself, it's, it's just you know when it's right, and you you obviously do your due diligence. It's not that you, you sell everything to just your hopes on something else. But if you've gone through a good interview process, you trust that person, and you know they're going to be a good mentor. And similar to yourself, I, I've I learned a lot of ways uh, from, like you said, my first company I worked for was unfortunately that the people that were managing that office, I learned everything that I didn't want to be and want to do exactly. in the future. And it, it was the best apprenticeship I could have had because I, I just knew I had to do the opposite of all that to make people feel good. Um, so every day... It's since, crazy, isn't it? It's absolutely crazy. But... It is, but some people don't learn that. They just sometimes get bitter. And at the time, yeah, it was tough, but I just thought this is great because I'm going to make sure when I'm in that position, I'm never going to treat people like that. Yeah. Um, 
Final question I've got for you, um, which I'm gutted about because I feel like I could talk for you forever. But if you could go back, is there anything you would have changed about your journey? Right. So I have I have two facets to my answer here, so bear with me. <laughs> anything I would change to my journey? No, absolutely not. Okay. Uh, everyone's journeys are different, but without everything that I've gone through, that I've put up with, that I've fought for, that I've seen, that I've challenged, that I've worked my arse off for, enjoyed and thrived in, I wouldn't be where I am. When I was young, my dad told me to be whatever I wanted to be. And I always got that throughout my childhood. I was very, very lucky to have really supportive parents and say, you can do whatever you want to be. As long as you work to be the best at, you, uh, the best at it. So it didn't matter what career you went into or what lifestyle you wanted. Make sure you work at it and be the best that you can because you won't regret it. You live more with regret if you don't do something, I feel, or if you, you know, you want to do something and you don't. And that's the life advice I take with me to everything that I do. So I wouldn't change anything personally about my journey because it's made me who I am today. It's got me where I am. And I'm in this position now where, you know, people like yourself have asked to speak to me, which is an incredible privilege. Yeah. What I would say, though, is that I would like to change things presently for other people so that it can be easier for others moving forward and moving into different industries. Equality and diversity wise, the way companies look at particular skill sets, the stigmas that we still have around parenting and working, the flexible working approach, the ridiculous barriers to entry that some people face. We need to treat those and address those like blockers, like we would in a development team and address them up front, identify them, work to remove them, and make the working environment a, a great place, have great people welcomed into the community, and just be better. <laughs> if you're not, if you're a responsible development team, you talk about leaving a product better than how you found it, right? Through better coding standards, removing unnecessary code, making things accessible. So let's do that in real life, and let's leave the industry better than how we found it. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that because those blockers are stopping those people that could be your best hire you've ever made, but they've not even had the opportunity to be represented fully or, or have the opportunity to walk through the door. Exactly. Um, There's I, so I, much now that we can do to, to get around that. And I feel very fortunate that, I, I say fortunate, <laughs> we live in a society now where we know we have to be tolerant because that's just not being a dick. <laughs> and yeah. if we're able to do that and look past, you know, really traditional internist subconscious bias, then we're opening up this amazing world of opportunity. So that's, yeah, I guess that's my sign off if that's the last question, Manny. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> leave, is. Leave yeah, everything but... better than you find it. I, I, it's just such a positive app. I've, I've enjoyed this so much. Um, Thank you. Like I, I think we need to get together and look at something else we could talk about because I feel like this could have gone in so many other ways as well. Um, but I, I personally want to thank you for your contribution. Um, I, I personally found that really insightful. A lot of takeaways, a lot of learns for the industry as well, which at the moment needs all the support and help it can get. And I can't see that getting any better. I just think it's, it's going to continue. Um, so no, thank you so much, Barry. Really appreciate it. No problem.
No, thank you, Manny, and it's been great talking to you. Um, and yeah, we'll have a we'll have a gossip podcast for all previous employers another <laughs> time. Eh? <laughs> no, that sounds good. Um, but if you would like to hear more podcasts and content uh, similar to Vary, then subscribe to Trusted Tech Talks. That's on Spotify and YouTube, and you can also follow our page on LinkedIn as well. Thank you.